What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mad Specialist Podcast. My name is Landon Volman. This is episode eight. I'm here with my co-host, Dan Livingston. How you doing today, Livy? I'm doing good, Lando. I, uh, I, uh, my buddy Josh, he has like, uh, he has, uh, they built a pool in their front yard. Sorry, I know I was going to talk about something else, but I digress. It's easy like that. They built a pool in their, in their front, it's like a front yard, and there's like a high diving board off of there. There's just like a slide there. Dude, it's huge. I'll, I'll, I'll get a picture sent to me and I will send it to you. And like, cause he doesn't live like right in town. It's his parents' house. Sorry that have it. That has it. Not his actual house in town. I guess I should have probably made that clear, but yeah, it's wicked. It's but, in the yard? Uh, um, yeah, it's like in their front yard. They built it's, a pool in Grand Prairie, Alberta. It, it's technically behind city limits. It's in Dunn. It ain't Dunkirk, because that's a movie. I know it's not Dunkirk. Dunk, Duncan Meadows or something like that? Dunkley Meadows. Dunkley Meadows. Shout out to Dunkley Meadows. You got some wicked houses over there. Um, so I'm doing great for that reason. And I'm doing great because I, I was checking out our, our analytics the other day on, on the old podcast. And so we got 98% of our listenership from home, home country of Canada. Appreciate you guys. Bless up, um, Canada. We got one percent in in the United States, so I don't know, I don't know who you guys are, but shout out to you guys, probably DJ Hova. What's up, DJ Hova? Um, and then I also found out we're going international, guys. We have um, less than one percent listeners of um, our listeners are scheduled or based out of Ireland and Switzerland. Um, I don't know who you guys are, but we we appreciate we appreciate and Jack love you guys. Yeah, well, we appreciate. No, it's probably Nico Heischer. He's doing his mandatory uh, military training oh, in yeah, Switzerland Heischer. right now. Oh, I messed that up. No, Hughes is American, Canadian. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's American. He's American. He's probably the one percent. Is he he's American? Yeah, dude, he's American. But I thought Quinn was Canadian. Oh man, man, they oh, played like God. university hockey. Idiot. They played university hockey. Well, you can play university hockey if you're Canadian. They don't just say no, you can't come. Okay, after Kale McCarr named the last like prominent Canadian that's Ethan came Edwards. Out. Yeah, fucking right, Ethan. What's up, buddy? <laughs> maybe he can maybe he can Brett Edwards. Pod. Yeah. Fuck, Brett. Man, fuck. Sorry, Brett. We Michael Benning. Yeah. I don't know. He's not oh, technically yeah. playing yet. Yeah. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr, I guess. Oh, yeah. You're Other saying, like, top, uh, top pick. Like Jonathan Taves. Like, Jonathan Taves. Oh, okay, like, yeah. Yeah, I got you. I feel you. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, okay. Then um, I'm definitely saying Ethan. Yeah, Ethan will be there. Ethan's going to be a show guy. Yeah, I project top five. Well, I was going to say he in, could sponsor. In the third round. I was going to say he could sponsor us for the podcast, but I think we're going to – I think we're going to make a little bit of money elsewhere this year. Um Landon and I are going to make a futures bet, I think. Um, I was telling him about this on the weekend. Um, I'm pretty dead set on the, on the Philadelphia Flyers. Like, they might win the, the Cup. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, de- I'm, I'm game for the Flyers. I'm mostly game for this futures that bet, though, Livy, because I what love our the, listeners. What are the odds? Like, and, you keep uh, going. What are the odds? I love our listeners. And we want some podcast equipment, get some better quality for you guys. And so we can keep being goofy on here and talk about nonsense. Yeah. So we're going to send that futures bet out on the Flyers. I was also thinking about taking the Oilers, but then I thought, ah, 
and then I got to deal with Nick Miller telling me I actually like the Oilers and I don't want to deal with that. I'm not going to take the Leafs because if we take the Leafs, they won't win. So we're going to go with the Flyers because nothing good ever happens to Philly. And the moment we think something good's going to happen, I think something good will happen. Yeah, see, I'm, I, get, I must not be going out on that much of a limb. They have the – oh, in the Eastern Conference, they have the fourth best odds. To get yeah, out so of the Eastern Conference. Somewhere probably in seven. Hell yeah. For the 11, 11 to two. I don't even know what that means, 11 to two. Uh, well, that would be five and a half to one. If, that, if you want me to help you out. You just divide yeah, it by two. That, yeah, what does that mean? So, like, I'm not, for every $10 I put – $100 I put in, how much am I making? 550 if you put Fuck yeah. You put in. All right. We could do that. They might that's actually not a bad return. I don't I don't mind that. <laughs> I like that. Who's the worst? Who's the who's got the worst odds for the Stanley Cup? Let's okay, who who do you Let's think? Let's put a ten dollar you... bet on them. Who do you think Montreal. it is? No. Close. Oh, wait, 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 let me guess again. Chicago? Yep. Chicago is it not? at plus uh seventy five to one. And then it goes Montreal. Columbus, Winnipeg, Florida. The top five teams in going from first to fifth, um, Boston, Tampa, Colorado, Vegas, Washington. Boston should be at the bottom. Yeah, I fucking hate that. But, dude, they're still, like, American plus 65 – or 650. So, for every $100 you put down, that's $650. What? Yeah, dude, the Fairly Flyers are plus 1,000 to win the cup. Oh, we're taking them. We're taking them. Every hundred dollars you win, that's a thousand. That's that yeah. Literally pays for our podcast equipment in one shot. The Leafs are plus twenty nine hundred. Yeah, but we can't take the Leafs, so they won't win. Yeah, I don't know if I want them to win this year, though. Well, I don't know if they win it in Edmonton, man. We'll be there. <laughs> that would be lit. Go party yeah. with Matthews in the. That'd be getting out of the bubble. Like as soon yeah, as you win the right cup, you're out of the bubble. They're out of the bubble. The bubble pops. We wheel in there. Work our magic. Next thing you know, we got a new guest. We got a new guest. Yeah, we'll go to Beer Kid and party with Matthews and the boys. Yeah, well, I don't know. That seems like more of a place for, like, McKayab or Marner, you know. They seem like the guys who want to play the games. Marner probably would rip Beer Kid up, I'm telling you. Ski-ball? Marner would be on ski-ball all night. Yeah, McKayab would be uh, Buck Hunter. Do (laughs) Do they have a soup game? Do they have a soup game? Where you just dish soup? Like you just you just hand out soup and like the you hand it out as good as you possible and you get better points for handing it out better. It's like a dance dance revolution. How if you step on it correctly, you get more points and it says like perfect. So when he goes to hand out the soup, if he does it correctly, get the little wrist, uh, wrist flick in there, drop it like right that. in the bowl, he gets perfect. Yeah, I like that. I we think we should. Yeah, after we finish this whole podcast thing, we'll we'll do the soup game. Yeah, we got to make some money from this unit first. All right, let's send it over to Brian Munns right away. He's going to talk to us here about the Winnipeg Jets. So, hope you guys enjoy this. Brian Munns, Winnipeg Jets broadcaster on TSN 1290, joins us today from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Welcome to the Mad Specials podcast, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Anytime, guys. How are you doing tonight? Good, good. Yeah, it's great. Doing well, enjoying a nice day in Grand Prairie. Hey, that's all that matters, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. How, how, how are you doing now that uh, you got the season starting to kick off again here? 
Yeah, it's different. Uh, hockey in July is usually about a three-day rookie camp for us right after the draft goes, and then we kind of get to put the overcoats away and uh, just kind of enjoy summer. So this has been a little bit different to get used to, but obviously we're in some unprecedented times right now, and nobody will complain being back into work and gearing up for the Stanley Cup playoffs here coming up in early August. So it's been good. We spend most of the morning at the rink and then it's either some family time or a chance to play a little bit of golf in the afternoon. So the weather we've had in Winnipeg here as of late has been fantastic and uh, all is good around here for sure. The guys must be shaking off a little rust. I know Line made that comment that uh, he can't believe he's going to be playing playoff hockey in two weeks. Yeah, Patrick likes to have some fun with the media and that's one of the greatest things since he was drafted and made his way into the NHL is He's such a fun guy to talk to on a daily basis. And he can score three goals, and he'll be mad that he didn't score six that night. So that's kind of Patrick Line in a nutshell. But there's no question that I think for me, to be honest with you, fellas, when you watch what the players have done so far, I think they're kind of ahead of where I expected them to be just based on the fact that they've only had one week of real skating underneath their belt together as a team. And we're into week two here, and on Sunday, they'll make their way to Edmonton, where the Western Conference will gather for a hub city, and then look forward to playing August 1st in that best-of-five series against the Calgary Flames. But overall, if you look at it as we speak here tonight, they've been on the ice seven times now together, and I think they look pretty good. Obviously, there's a little ways to go before they get to game action against the Flames, but uh, from my standpoint, where they sit right now, I think it's been a, a really successful start to training camp for them this year. Speaking of Patrick Laine, I guess, I know over the last even just a year or so, he's kind of been shuffled around the lineup. Uh, they don't really – like, I don't know if they've necessarily figured out where they want to put him. Um, do you know what they're going to do with uh, Patrick Laine and, like, what they're going to do with that forward group? Yeah, what it looks like right now is kind of the way it finished off when they played their last game in Edmonton. Since the trade deadline and they brought Cody Eakin in from the Vegas Golden Knights, it really seemed to round out their forward unit gave the opportunity for Blake Wheeler to skate on the top line again, right side with Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor. And then Cody Eakin has moved into that number two center ice position between, you mentioned Patrick Laine playing on the right side and Nikolai Ehlers. So those guys look to be more or less locked into stone here right now. Jack Roslevic is getting a chance on the third line here with Andrew Kopp and Adam Lowry. And the Lowry line is the one that Paul Maurice likes to match against the other team's best if he doesn't put the Mark Shifley unit out there. So it kind of opens up the, the Eakin line, you can say, with Ehlers and, and Line to come out sometimes against the third and fourth lines of the other team and, and maybe take advantage. So the depth and the health right now of the Winnipeg Jets is definitely a, a bonus for them at forward for sure. Speaking of depth, Brian, uh, how much of a hit to the Jets roster was it to have Brian Little held off while he recovers from that uh, perforated eardrum? Yeah, you know what? It, uh, it was kind of what we didn't want to hear. That was probably much the only negative that we've heard from training camp so far. I think deep down we were all hopeful that with the time that has been off, uh, I know he was starting to possibly trend in the right direction when we went into the pause, and uh, he was back on the ice a little bit. And you'd hope that that time had maybe healed. But for the betterment of Brian Little, his family, obviously life after hockey, uh, it just wasn't a go for him here in training camp. And, and they'll hold him off. And we just hope that uh, he continues to get better and better. And maybe when training camp opens coming up in, I guess, what will now be November, 
for the start of the regular season, the next one coming up in December, that, that Brian's healthy. But, uh, again, his health is the most important thing. But he's a big part of this team. He's obviously been here since they moved from Atlanta. He's just such a great guy. He's got a young family right now. So that's the, uh, the most important thing. But they do miss him on the ice for sure. Um, I know you mentioned, uh, <clears throat> sorry. Um, oh, wow. I almost lost my question. Um, I know you mentioned, uh, just missing, missing players. I know this guy wasn't here the, the whole season, but Dustin Bufflin, he's officially no longer part of the roster. Um, how much of a hit was that for the Jets over the course of this season? Um, and were you, were you surprised just to kind of see how it played out the way it did? Well, it was really a chapter in what has been uh, a best-selling storybook when whoever writes it on this year, depending how the, the final chapters come when you get into the playoffs. And, boy, wouldn't it be something if the Jets made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final? And even if they were able to lift the cup, boy, this thing would be amazing. When you think of going back to last year, having Jacob Truba, Tyler Myers, Dustin Bufflin, Ben Sherratt, all in your top four, and obviously Josh Morris, he was involved in that. But you think of the players that have left, and then when all of a sudden Buff announced that he's decided he's not going to play this year, you take a look at it, it's a more or less revamped blue line, right? Josh Morrissey was still here. Dmitry Kulikov was still here. They had some young guys like Tucker Pullman and Nathan Beaulieu. Uh, they bring in Lucas Spiza. So it was, I don't want to say extra pieces, but it wasn't a glorified top four or five that they had the year before that most teams were just clamoring, would love the opportunity to have uh, in front of your goal. That Connor Hellebuck, you like what you've got in your own end of the ice. So yeah, it was kind of weird the beginning of it for sure. But as the year went on, I think that group of players that we've talked about right now have really stepped up. They've been able to, kind of create their own identity. Obviously, bringing Dylan DeMello in from the Ottawa Senators was huge at the trade deadline in itself. And then now they're, they're a group that has a lot of confidence as we watch training camp here at present because DeMello and Morrissey have kind of formed themselves into the top pairing. You've got Neil Pionk that came in from the Truba trade of the New York Rangers. He's been fantastic playing with Dmitry Kulikov. And then Beaulieu and Pullman right now are rounding things out. And you know, Lucas Spies is a guy who has so much NHL playoff experience from some of his prior stops before coming to Winnipeg. He's your seventh guy right now that's not even in the lineup. So it, uh, it's been a group that Charlie Huddy has done a lot of work with, and, uh, and it's been good. Do you think uh, – I know you mentioned how, like, it'll be weird because our next training camp will be in November. Um, I don't know if you would know this information or not, but I guess I'd like to get your opinion on it. Could you see the NHL moving forward starting to go like a November, December start start date? And then that way, when you get towards, you know, the summer months, then you're really only competing with baseball for that viewership? No, I know they would like to get back to a regular schedule, you know, kind of what hockey is for, for all of us uh, with training camp starting in <clears throat> September and then getting going in October. I know there's been some chatter around the United States that maybe they wouldn't mind a bit of a delay with college football and that kind of stuff where some of the Southern teams don't necessarily like having a lot of home games early. But to me, the fabric of hockey gets going when the snow starts to fall and you have the Stanley Cups in June and then you get a chance to enjoy your summers in July and August. So just based on what we're obviously living through right now and obviously the, the coronavirus and what's going on in this pandemic is uh, 
as you know, first and foremost on first and foremost on everybody's mind, and you have to make sure you're doing it safe. But I know with uh, what I've heard from both the NHL and the NHL Players Association that you know they get through this year, they hand the Stanley Cup out in early October, they take the rest of October off, and then uh, kind of get going for training camp, and then get uh, get next year going in December. And and when you do that, you take a look at next year moving forward. Probably won't have an All Star game wouldn't have the bye week so that takes two weeks out and then they can cram off uh, a few maybe back-to-backs and possibly play three and four and you can condense the schedule a little bit I would expect the Stanley Cup would probably be uh, in early July again but then you more or less get yourself back on track and and have a regular offseason after next year's played and essentially they don't I mean the players get some time off but the NHL is going to be right at it with the uh, the draft and free agency almost immediately after playoffs yeah, you're right. And, and like that's the funny thing that you look at for the 24 teams that are going into both Edmonton and Toronto. They're doing all this preparation. They could literally, you know, the first round of the play-in, teams could be dusted out here in four days. Like if you were to get swept in three straight games, that's it. You're done. And then all of a sudden you've got August, September, October. You've got another three months pretty much ahead of you there before you'd even get to November again. So. Um, it is unprecedented times for sure, but as you allude to, there's a lot of business to go on. You've got the draft. You've obviously got free agency. Uh, you've got to figure out what uh, your restricted free agents are doing. So there's a lot of work for the general managers and uh, the assistant GMs to to have their team intact by the time everybody resumes and, and gets going again in, in November for December. So let's talk about the playoffs then. Uh, what do you see as the Jets' biggest advantage heading into that uh, qualifying round with Calgary? Well, I guess first and foremost, Landon, I'd look at the fact that they've got the Vesna candidate in net. And I truly think he's going to win NHL goaltender of the year. From everybody I've talked to around the National Hockey League as well, he deserves the trophy for what he's been able to do this year, backstopping the Winnipeg Jets and getting them into uh, the play-in and hopefully into the Stanley Cup playoffs if they're able to eliminate the Flames. The way I break this down, I think the Jets have the advantage in net. I like Winnipeg's forwards better than Calgary's, not taking any slight at Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan and Kachuk and you know the list goes on and on. They've got some good players there. But uh, I like Winnipeg's depth overall on, on the 12 forwards that are involved. Uh, I would give Calgary, though, probably the advantage on the blue line. Now, I might pull that back a little bit because Travis Hamannick has announced that he uh, he isn't going to play. Uh, I haven't broken it completely down. That's kind of my, my to-do list this week is to take a look at the NHL Stanley Cup playoff experience of the Calgary Flames player by player. But overall, uh, you might give Calgary's blue line uh, a bit of an advantage over Winnipeg. But again, just kind of based on what I've seen for Jets training camp here right now, I like the way that uh, Winnipeg's been able to put their group in front of them together. So I might not say once you you kind of look at it here over the next week that, that Calgary's blue line is, is maybe deeper than Winnipeg's. It might be uh, a jet sweep for me in all three categories, forward, defense, and, and goal. Any bias there? I know. <clears throat> well, you know what? No, <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying, and that's a legitimate question because I'm around this club every day. Just like if you were to talk to Derek Wills or Peter Lubardius with the Flames, they would break it down the exact same way, probably from Calgary's perspective, because they know their team better. And the most interesting quirk 
with Winnipeg and Calgary playing this year is they've only played once during the regular season, and that was at Mosaic Stadium in Regina for the Tim Hortons Heritage Classic, right? So teams were supposed to play or, or would play three regular season games head-to-head based on the fact that they're in the Pacific, we're in the Central, but that was the only game that the Jets and Flames played was in Regina. We were in Calgary when the pandemic hit, uh, played in Edmonton the night before, beat the Oilers, and then we flew into Calgary that night, woke up the next morning, and then that's when the league called and said, okay, we're on pause. You guys can go back to Winnipeg. And two hours later, after we got the call inside the hotel, uh, we were on a plane coming back to Winnipeg. So that would have been meeting number two, and then there would have been another game yet uh, still to come. So it is intriguing that when you break it down, if the Jets and Flames were to go to five games uh, in this best-of-five play-in series, They'll have played six times this year and not played once in either Winnipeg or Calgary. <laughs> that is a weird stat. <clears throat> yeah. Do you? It's, it's odd. Do you? <clears throat> so, like, the atmosphere in Winnipeg is, like, notorious for being one of the loudest buildings in the NHL. I remember when they moved back to Winnipeg, I, I thought it was, like, they're some of the coolest games of hockey to watch. Like, you got shivers yeah. just watching it. Um, one, I'd actually wouldn't mind you touching on just, like, I'm imagining uh, you being in that building when they first moved back was just a treat in its own. And do you think just not with the Jets, but every team, is it is the no fans thing going to be a factor for teams? You know what? I don't think it will be, to be honest with you. Obviously, it's going to be a major deletion because you're bang on. Like Stanley Cup playoff hockey, there's nothing better than being inside the facility. And it's obviously special here in Winnipeg when you take a look at the whiteout that's around Bell MTS Place. Like, you think back a couple of years ago when they advanced to the Western Conference Final, first of all, having to go – well, they beat Minnesota in the first round. There was pretty good buzz around the building. They get to Nashville round two, and it ends <clears> up going seven against the Preds. But I'll never forget, just it was an absolute gong show around the building, both inside and out, going into game six which Winnipeg wins to force the seventh and deciding game. And then all of a sudden you're in the final four against the Vegas Golden Knights. And it was absolute pandemonium. Like there was 15,000 people rabid inside the building. And there was more people than that outside the building. Like it was, it was absolutely bonkers. And it was, it was really special to be around. So that obviously is going to be different, just kind of the buzz and the hype going in. But I think as you talk to players and you talk to those that are involved, Everybody has kind of gone through this at some point in their career from whether they've been playing international hockey overseas or whether it's been somewhere in, uh, you know, some other level. Obviously not playing for the Stanley Cup, but, you know, there's been games where players have had to kind of amp themselves up for uh, the situation they're in. And when you get inside the boards and uh, kind of see that puck drop on the opening faceoff and you have a chance to win a playoff series or clinch it or score a big goal or have something happen, I think there will be enough emotion uh, amongst the players. But there's no doubt, uh, you know, it would be much better if you had fans in. But unfortunately, uh, you can't right now. And hopefully the world gets on the right trend here and uh, we see people back for next year at some point. That's what I think. Like, these, like all these guys are professional athletes. Like, at the end of the day, like, these points are still going to count. These wins are still going to count. And it's a year off of their career. And, I mean, they've already worked as hard as they have this season. So, I mean, it only makes sense. Like, they're going to be there. They're going to – they're going to put in as much effort as they can. I don't see why they wouldn't. 
Well, yeah, the effort's going to be there for sure. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, you know, probably the, the weirdest thing was just going to be what the reaction of, of the players are after a goal is scored. Like your five guys or four guys, or however many are on the ice in that certain scenario are going to be hooting and hollering, but that'll be it. You know, they'll do the flyby on the bench. They'll, they'll knuckle each other all the way down the line and then it'll be okay. Let's go and continue on the game there. So uh, if you're the home team, you'd like to try and build some momentum, but I guess for all of these clubs involved, everybody's a road team. So uh, it'll be like playing a, a very quiet road game in the Stanley cup playoffs. <laughs> I got uh, one more hockey-based question here for you. Then I got a fun one. Um, yeah, no worries. You mentioned that that uh, trip to the Western Conference Final that they had a couple years back. So looking past this season, the Jets have obviously been a contender for a few years now. Do you think that this team currently has what it takes to contend? Or are we starting to see – I don't want to use the word rebuild because I think the Jets are better than a rebuild, but maybe uh, more of a retooling kind of situation no I think right now they're in their prime to have uh, a lot of success and it starts obviously in goal with Hellebuck you take a look at the players that uh, they've been able to draft and develop it's nine seasons now and it's hard to believe when when you talk about the time that it's been it, it's just flown all the way from when Mark Shifley was their first ever pick in Minnesota inside the XL Energy Center Jets didn't even have uh, a jersey and and a hat he's wearing the generic NHL jersey yeah yeah, he was, and I get a chuckle on that because they've done a, a really nice job of decorating the press box inside Bell MTS Place, and when you go up the elevator to the fifth floor and then there's a long, narrow hallway that gets you to the press box before it opens up, they've put a lot of pictures up that go back in time for the organization, and, and you see Shifley and Truba and Connor and Ehlers and Lion A and uh, Morrissey, and I'm just thinking of all the guys there. Like, all their draft pictures are there. And then you think of it now, like for Mark, this is nine years ago, eight years ago, and he looks like such a kid and you still see him now and he's still really not that old. Like it's not like he's 30 or 40 yeah. by any means, but he looks like he's, he's aged a lot more and he's built himself into a man now. So, so yeah, seeing that NHL shield uh, on the front of Mark for both the, the jersey and the hat is, uh, is a little time machine-ish, but uh you know, back to your question, you look at how those players have developed into elite stars, and that's why they were drafted as high as they were. But then you've got the Blake Wheelers and the Brian Littles, obviously, you know, players that have been with this organization since they came from Atlanta. And all of a sudden now they're the drivers. Blake's obviously the captain of this team. And, you know, they've, they've done a really good job. And then over the last few years, as you guys alluded to, because they're a contending team, Kevin Chevaldayoff has made some moves whether it was Paul Stasny that year they went to the Final Four, if it was Kevin Hayes, uh, you know, he brings in Eakin and DeMello this year. They're not afraid to make a move to try and take a run for it. And uh, I think this team really has as good a chance as anybody going into August 1st year to win the Stanley Cup and kind of continue that momentum on what they're able to build in this year's playoffs going into next year just because of that core that's inside the room. And, and then obviously you look at the coaching staff, right? Like the experience of Paul Maurice, He's got Jamie Compon as his associate coach, who's a Stanley Cup winner himself. Charlie Huddy has won multiple Stanley Cups. Wade Flaherty's been around forever, has had uh, success as well, working with Connor Hellebuck. Uh, you know, they've, they've got a really, really good thing going here with uh, the organization for sure. 
I want to transition kind of just to something off the ice. Um, every summer, you've been doing it now for a couple summers, uh, you do the Humboldt Broncos Golf Memorial Tournament. Um, I just wanted to talk maybe just a little about that, what that is, and yep. uh, what your part in that is, yeah. Well, for me, um, obviously the bus accident hit home because that's my hometown. Uh, my parents still live there. My first real hockey job was calling Humboldt Bronco Hockey on CJVR. Um, the radio station is based out of Melfort, which is an hour outside of Humboldt. And they were kind of the hockey night in Canada of junior hockey on the radio. So the great thing about that is my career started in Duncan, B.C., doing the Cowichan Valley Capitals and the BC Hockey League. I was there for one year. We did the road games, and then I got offered the chance to technically move home and be the voice of the Broncos that I grew up watching all the way through high school. Uh, some of my high school buddies were on the team uh, the first couple of years when I came back, so that was pretty special. And then, obviously, with the way the calendar worked out with Melfort and Nippon as well, uh, the 1996 year when I first moved back there, we did 144 games that year. The Mustangs wow. hosted the RBC Cup. So if you're a young broadcaster wanting to get into it, like I was at that point, that was the spot to be. So I was fortunate to be able to be there. And then obviously I had a chance to move on to Prince Albert and Edmonton and then now into Winnipeg here doing both the Moose and the Jets. So Humboldt is home for me. Um, I rode the bus hours and hours and hours with uh, the Broncos, obviously, and Alfred Nippon, and have been over that road where the accident happened hundreds of times. And when I heard uh, exactly what happened, I could picture it exactly because, you know, I've, again, I've made that corner turn multiple times. And uh, you know what? Jared Bednar's the head coach in Colorado. Uh, he's a little bit older than me, but our houses when we were in school backed onto each other uh, via a park. And his younger sister and I were in the same grade. So I, I've known Jared since high school back in the 90s. And uh, it just kind of came together through, uh, you know, our organizer that really looks after the majority of the details in Humboldt, Lori Warford, who I think was in Jared's grade at that point, or, or they knew each other from high school. And, uh, you know, the three of us just kind of got together and said, hey, we've got to do something here for the hometown. Uh, I kind of quietly wanted to do something like that for the last few years try and give back having made it to the NHL and you know not a lot of guys in my position have a chance to go from the SJHL to the NHL so I thought you know this this is just a way for me to give back obviously uh, you know Tyler Bieber would call and email and kind of ask for advice uh, on his games and I knew Darcy Hogan a little bit the head coach not very well but uh, you know we talked a few times and just when something like that happens to to your hometown team, you uh, you know you want to try and do whatever you can. So we've had the golf tournament a couple of years. It's been a huge success. I think we've raised close to two hundred thousand dollars in a couple of seasons to uh, to give back to the community. And and the important thing of where the money goes. The first year it was mainly it went to the hockey club just to kind of get them back on their feet and you know make you know, the Broncos a destination where people from wherever you are in Canada or the U.S. or Europe uh, want to send their young son to play hockey. But, um, you know, the money's now because, you know, the Broncos are doing okay financially and you kind of break it down for what either the staff or the players were involved with away from the game. Uh, you know, Lori created the Broncos Legacy Awards 
and we do uh, you know either scholarships or bursaries or something along those lines to you know young musicians or young adults or you know different sports whether it's ringette or dance or soccer or whatever it may be so it's not just necessarily tied into the hockey world so uh you know again it's kind of Lori and, and jared and, and my way to to give back to our hometown and it's uh something special that you know as, as soon as somebody knows that that i'm from humboldt obviously the the accident comes up and uh you know people have been great the teams around the nhl have pretty much opened their arms and said, Hey, whatever you need prizing wise, just send a text. And between Jared and myself, we think we pretty much know everybody uh, touching all four corners of the sports world, not only in hockey, but uh, you know, some NFL, baseball, basketball. Uh, so we've, we've been really fortunate and uh, you know, it's uh, something that's really close to our hearts for sure. Yeah, it was <clears throat> such a tragic thing, but I also thought it was, it was really amazing. Just like not only to see a Humboldt kind of come together from that, but just like the whole hockey community um, as a whole come to come together is that it really uh, it really showed just kind of how big and how tight that the hockey community is. Um, but yeah, it's amazing what you uh, what you three are doing with that. So that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, you know the the sticks out for Humboldt too was uh, a buddy of mine that I went to high school with here in Winnipeg, and he sent that stick the night of the accident out to kind of our our little group of of guys. I think there was about six of us on the the text thread that night and then lo and behold just because of my job and people kind of I guess follow me a little bit more because of my affiliation with the NHL you know I tweeted it out and then you know it went viral around the world and we kind of saw how that whole thing was able to develop and I guess the biggest thing that even when you talk to people outside the hockey world everybody is on a bus at some point whether it's uh you know, a bunch of young girls and boys going to a dance competition, whether it's figure skating, whether it's any minor sport, uh, even businesses for that matter, you know, they'll load up their employees and, and go on a retreat. So I think just the fact that it was a bus and everybody has been on it, it could have happened to anybody. Uh, I think that's what, what really hit home. And even if you're, you're not hockey people, I think everybody's got some kind of a hockey stick out in their garage and, it's pretty amazing to to watch that thing really, you know, bloom into what it did. And, and again, to, to see hockey sticks out and with uh, the armed forces over in wherever it was. Or I, I remember vividly just after the accident, I, I got a chance to do the, the Allen Cup in uh, Rosetown. So about an hour outside of Saskatoon. And Dave Tomlinson, the former Vancouver Canuck, he and I were calling that game. So we had to drive from Saskatoon out to Rosetown. It was a snowstorm and we took a wrong turn. So we're driving down this back grid road. Like I had a pretty good idea because I've driven through so many Saskatchewan highways going <laughs> to rinks over my career that I knew we were on the wrong road. Dave thought he knew where we were going because he had gone out to watch the semifinals. I couldn't make it in for that. So we're driving down this back road. I know we've got a kind of head south so we head down this back highway the snow is so deep and we came across this farm and it was literally in the middle of nowhere blowing snow and there's two hockey sticks sitting out at the side of the road you wow. know so if that if that doesn't kind of grab your attention it's like holy smokes like we're lost trying to find this in the middle of nowhere and and you see that and then you know to new york city to la you know everybody put one out uh 
it was uh, it was something that you know everybody made sure that they knew that uh, the town of Humboldt, the Broncos, and you know for all those parents that lost a son, and for obviously Darcy's family that lost uh, you know a husband and a dad, uh, you know it was uh, it was tragic, and everybody was thinking of them for sure, and and you know we all still do as well. Uh, you know there's there's not a week that goes by that that somehow the Broncos or the golf tournament doesn't come up in, in my conversation with somebody, uh, even like it has with you guys here tonight. Well, I'm going to transition to something a little more lighthearted just because I want to ask you and your opinion. All good. Do you think – actually, hold on. I'm going to rephrase <laughs> that, and then we'll cut it. Uh-oh. No, no, you've got to keep this going because That's now what I say, keep you've, it going. You've got everybody's attention. Of, okay, what's he going to ask? Well, that's nothing. You better, be, you better be a good – you better have a good question. Okay, yeah, okay, got, okay. You've got the build up here now. <laughs> okay. Well, now you've been covering the Jets for a while. You've yep. seen everything they've gone through. This is very yep. important. Are you a fan of their current jerseys, or would you like to see them switch to those awesome throwbacks that they have? <laughs> I want to see them wear both. Okay. I really okay. do. You know, I, I, so here is, this would be my perfect scenario. If they wore their regular home blues and they wore the heritage whites, I I think that would be absolutely fantastic. But uh, I don't think the NHL is is going to allow them to do that, you know, anytime soon. Maybe they will. I I don't know. I haven't been privy to that conversation. But uh, we've done this ranking because, you know, the last four months there hasn't been necessarily games to talk about and I, I remember I was asked about this earlier on and, and TSN radio actually did a poll of Jet fans and that's the way the poll came back it was the regular home blues were the favorites then it was the heritage whites I believe it was the heritage blues then it was the regular road whites and then it was the third jersey the aviator blue that kind of looks like team Finland a little bit um that, those are the five jerseys they've worn to this point. But, uh, again, to answer your question, home blues for home games and then the heritage whites I think would be fantastic. And the one other thing about jerseys, when I was calling Raider hockey in Prince Albert, I remember at one point the WHL would make a switch on New Year's Day. So you'd see one set of jerseys at home. Let's just say they wore the dark jerseys for the first half of the year. And then they wore the whites the second half of the year. I'd like to see the NHL do that again, or the NHL do it in general, just because it would change things up for the fans a little bit too. Okay. Do, do you think there's any possibility we could see them doing a little throwback thrasher jersey? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You know, that's gone over huge. Like you think of, you know, we, we've been in Carolina the last couple of years and the way the Hartford Whalers uh, have taken over now the souvenir store in Carolina. And I think it's just such a cool old logo that everybody loves uh, that throwback. So you never know, maybe there, there might be a thrasher night at, uh, at some point, I guess if you look at it and I never really thought about it now until we start talking more about the jerseys particularly, but we mentioned that aviator blue, that the jets wear that, could be I haven't put the two up beside each other I don't have an Atlanta Thrashers jersey I do have the aviator one because I've got a jersey of uh 
you know, one jersey from every team that I've done in the broadcast booth as a keepsake. Um, I, I would assume that that aviator blue might be pretty close to that thrasher blue that yeah, they wore. That light blue. So that, those yeah. third jerseys they had, they were very similar. I think they could do a. It would be good. I would even. I'm a Leaf fan. I would think about buying one. You're a what? <laughs> uh, you heard that? Yeah, yeah. You heard that right. This is a, this is a Leafs podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're not a Leafs podcast. We both happen to be Leafs fans, though. <laughs> All right, Landon, good to talk to you guys. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm Bob said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. No, all, all good. You guys, you know what? I think, and you guys can talk about this. Let me ask you a question. Just from a fan standpoint, to have exhibition hockey coming up next week and then knowing that the Stanley Cup playoffs are the play into the best of five and then the Stanley Cup playoffs are embarking in, in August. You know, whether you're a broadcaster, obviously the teams are involved right now, but boy, from a fan standpoint, it's uh, so exciting just to have games back. Well, the one day it's that, that first Saturday back, it's like 10 in the morning to 10 at night, back to back to back. And I don't think there's anything better for me. I'm excited for that. But even the first slate of exhibition games with Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, Montreal, and I believe Pittsburgh, Philly, like those are three huge rivalries that we get to watch the first first uh, slate of games back so yeah the NHL knew what they were doing when they made the schedule there's there's no question about that and even despite the fact that it's an exhibition game I think just based on the fact there's only one and these players want to ramp it up and get going uh, because there's no real ease into a week of regular season play you've you've got to be ready to go to begin your best of five playing. And even for the top four teams on each side, you know, they want to have, have their game going when they open up the Stanley cup playoffs for real, that uh, those preseason or exhibition games, I guess we've got to call them or uh, should be pretty fun. Cool. <clears throat> all right, Brian. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't want to take all your time here. Landon, do you have any one, like last questions you want to ask here? No, I got to ask my Jersey question. That was the one I really wanted to ask. <laughs> Yeah, if you could talk to somebody, if you could talk to somebody up top and get that light blue Thrasher uh, jersey, you tell them the Mad Specials podcast would endorse it. <laughs> okay, but the only thing though is they have to have numbers down the right side. You can't say Thrashers, right? That's a yeah, broadcaster's no, nightmare when you can't tell who the players are on the ice. <laughs> yeah, that's what like uh, the so with the NBA, like I they're doing like the the social messages on the back of their jerseys, which I think is great. But, like, I kind of thought, like, the whole point of having the names on the back of the jerseys was to help also the broadcasters. Yeah, NBA, though, they call it courtside, right? So mm, you're true. 30 feet from the players compared to, you know, the farthest vantage point we have to deal with is in Edmonton. That's the worst game to call a building from. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh, Jersey, Dallas are probably the next three that uh, are a long ways away from the ice. So. There's, uh, there's a little difference between hockey and basketball. I, I know it's all for sales and marketing and all that kind of thing. But, uh, no, names and numbers, uh, numbers on the sleeves, and uh, everybody's happy. Perfect. All right, Brian. Well, uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. I had a great time. Hopefully we can uh, get you on again sometime. Anytime, guys. Take care. Stay well. Awesome. Appreciate thanks, Brian. Thanks. Yep. You bet, fellas. All right, let's wheel into some awards, Libby. We're not gonna we're not gonna go over them in detail here. We're just gonna we're just gonna throw them out there. We're gonna go over the ones we already did, and we're gonna try something different this time. We're gonna count down from three. We're 
And just so we're aware, Livy, we're going three, two, one, and then the name. Okay. And we're gonna see what we got. So. All right. Give me you. You name out the awards, and uh, who who is uh, in that category? Yeah. Okay. Jack Adams, uh, Bruce Cassidy, the Boston Bruins, John Tortorella of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and Alain Vigneault of the Philadelphia Flyers, which means Vols is zero for one on guesses. Livy, you're still yeah, who in did, there. Who did you guess again? Chief. That was a good pick, Craig. Ruben. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, it could have been his year to win it. His year to win it would have been last year. No, and he was in term. No, well then he should. He still should have won it. Is what I'm saying. How do you win it when was, you're in term? You take your team to the fucking Stanley Cup Finals and you win a Stanley Cup. That's how you win it as an interim. Yeah. You, okay. But well, they, I don't see why they, they wouldn't. They vote to. not based on the playoffs. Well, I mean, still they were in last place come January, and they still were one of the better teams in the West come come that time. But anyway, I'll probably win that one because yeah, we'll, you do, we'll do our we can do our three two one. But I'm going to stick by my answer. No, we're not doing three two one with the ones we've already did, dumbass. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, I'm going to be watching one. On that. I think we did that one. Okay. First of all, I've never heard of Stephen Johns ever or Stephen. I don't Stephen know. Stephen Johns. Stephen Johns. He's in Dallas. I'm pretty. I I don't know exactly what happened to him. Something happened. I think for his post concussion syndrome, maybe where he's had to Wait, sat, he sat out the last was. year or two. Oh, that's probably why. Yeah. Okay, Oscar Lindbaum, great story, obviously, and Bobby Ryan, who we both picked. Uh, Lady Bing. J-Bow. Okay, Lady Bing. I'm. A, this is. I got some notes here for this one. Lady Bing. Ryan O'Reilly nominated. Nathan McKinnon nominated. And Austin Matthews nominated. Yeah, I'm gonna have to change my whole opinion on who's winning this one. Dude, right, when I saw that, ooh. but like Twitter, man, I hate, sometimes I hate Twitter. Like all those people going off about his charge at the beginning of the year, and like that he's nominated for Lady Bing, which is most gentlemanly player with the high amount of skill. And it's like, dude, he wasn't. It has nothing to do with him playing hockey. Are you kidding? And second of all. Like, yeah, okay, he made a mistake. You probably shouldn't moon someone. And, <laughs> yeah. And I will admit, that was stupid, Matthews. You got to think next time. But you're learning. You're young. You're young. Are you the same age as me? You're younger than me. I don't remember. Anyway, he's a kid. 97. I've, I've done dumb things. I still do dumb things. And if I went and if, if my wife knows about all the dumb things I have did, she doesn't think I'm a shitty human and shouldn't win the Lady Bing if I was nominated. Yeah, you know what? I've I've had multiple conversations with Laura, and she's like, you know what? I'm, Landon's winning one of these lady bings, and I just he doesn't get nominated, and I think he <laughs> deserves it. And I said, you know what? He does deserve a lady bing. No, I I, I agree on the Matthews thing. Like, I I'm so glad that I didn't happen to be like super super like talented at hockey and never had cameras or like a uh uh like a, the world stage on me because. Man, if there were cameras that saw what I did or shit like that, like, man, oh, I would be considered the worst human on, on earth. Either that or you'd have an awesome documentary about you, like, kind of like Tiger King. Yeah, well, I don't know how, I don't know if I want to be as awesome as Tiger King. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's too much. All right, Selkie, we got Bergeron, Couturier, Ryan O'Reilly. I don't, I think we both took O'Reilly there. I don't have to remember. It's on, it's on a major one. Okay. I don't know. I feel like you can give that one to Bergeron every year. Yeah, well, actually, Sean Couturier, I think, was the front runner for that one. But anyway, Ted Lindsay, 
this is the first one we hadn't done. Leon Dreisaitl nominated, Nathan McKinnon was nominated, and Artemi Panarin. So get your pick. Okay, are we? Head. Do we go three, two, one? Say it, or do you yeah. say it on one? No, say it after one. I already said that. Like you're not even listening to me. No, I wasn't. I was reading the podcast notes. All right. Okay. Well, at least you were working, so that's good. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, yeah. I was reading All right, the podcast okay. notes. Okay. I'll I'll count us down here. Uh, or should I go up? Maybe I should go up. No, I'll go down. That's that's more natural. Yeah, no, I would prefer down. My OCD, I don't think I have OCD, but that's what I'm going to call it. Would prefer down. Okay, I'll go down. Uh, you got it. You got it in your head. Last name only. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Dry. Dry sidle. Okay, good. It's kind of yeah, off. I, there, but... I don't know. I feel like there's like been a little bit of steam about maybe giving it to Panarin or McKinnon, but. I don't know. Dry Seidel, like, he's so far above in terms of the points. And then talking to Bob last week, like, just how he said he's even talked to some players. And it's kind of like he's talked to other players around the league. And they thought, like, yeah, like, this guy's right now, he's the best player in the world. Yeah, and he said players know first. So, I, there's no arguing there. The guy had a hard I feel like you're lucky that McDavid wasn't, uh, <laughs> wasn't an option. Because I feel like, honestly, you could throw McDavid's name for Ted Lindsay. And if it's about the NHL's best player every year, then, like, he could win it like, every 10 year. years in a row. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. Uh, next up, we got the Calder Trophy nominees are Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, and, and Dominic Kubelik, who I feel so bad for because, man, it would suck to get nominated for a war. You have no chance of winning. <laughs> At least you can always say you were a nominee. <laughs> That's true, I guess. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, okay, get it in your head here. Okay. Three, two, one. Makar. Kubelik. <laughs> Shut the <hell> up. <laughs> no, I got, I got Kale Makar. I think Kale Makar is going to win it this year. Just because yeah. I think beginning of the year, there was, he, he was so much hype around him. Quinn Hughes. I think Quinn Hughes deserves it most, but I think Kale Makar is going to get it, if that makes sense. Yeah, me too, actually. I concur, Libby. Cool. What, is, what else? Do we have any more words? Yeah, we got uh, three more. We got three more. Oh, Can shit. You hold on for that. I know you probably have to pee or something like that. No, no pee. I just kind of forgot how many awards there were. Well, three more we haven't actually looked at. Okay. The Vesna Trophy, Connor Hellebuck was a nominee. Tuka Rask was a nominee. And Andre, which looks like Andrea when you look at it on the paper, Andre Vasilevsky was nominated. Which. I don't know. Okay, I think. Okay, I got. It. I know. Right. I okay. got. It. All right. Three, two, one. Rask. Tuka Rask. Yeah, oh, man, we are like have the same mind. It's hilarious. Well, I mean, I'm, I guess you hear it. You heard it in the interview that O'Brien Munsey there thinks that. Uh, I think he thinks Connor Hellebuck will win it. Which I mean, Munsey's got a little bit of bias there, but that's fine. I think Hellebach will come second in the voting if that makes any consolation. I just think that Rask was, like, the best goalie on the best team all year. He carried – like, his record uh, shows how good he was this season. His save percentage the best. He's got one of the higher goals against, averages, most shutouts. Like, yeah, guys stud. Yeah, I agree. He was great. Former uh, Toronto Maple Leaf. What? Former Toronto Maple Leaf. Always got love for the guy. Uh, former. <laughs> All right, uh, the Norris Trophy nominees are John Carlson, Victor Hedman, and Roman Yossi. This one's kind of a no-brainer, but three, two, one. 
Carlson. John Carlson. John Norris has Ovi said it. Yeah, Johnny Norris. That guy could have won the Norris after 15 games. <laughs> yeah, I think it was kind of wrapped up after like the first 15, 20. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even remember the last time. Actually, I looked it up. I was super disappointed when I found this out. But I was like trying to look. When was the last time a D-man went over a point per game? And it was like 2016 with Brent Burns. And I think Eric Carlson might have done it too. But I was like, man, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty cool to see. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it was that recent. I would have said Bobby I was so Orr. bummed out. I was so bummed out. I like, ooh, this would be a cool stat to whip out on the pod. And then it was like, <laughs> and it was Three like, yeah, I and I mean, I don't think they played a full season, but yeah, there's two guys that had a point per game. That's but hilarious. I think John Carlson's like the highest point per game since um, Mike Green in 2009. Oh my gosh. I Mike can't believe Green. I stuck that in my head. I read that to study for the pod like three pods ago. And now I just remembered that. Like, that's fucking sick. That's very impressive. Mike Green, I can't believe he has that stat to his name. And then now he's just kind of – he's deteriorating, the old guy. But, man, that guy was a monster. He was like – I remember he was a monster. he was like – I thought he was the best D-man in the league at one time. Like, he would just level guys and he would like – he was like an offensive D-man before, like, it became popular to be an offensive D-man. Yeah, like Carter Wolski. Oh, speaking of Wolski, we didn't address yeah. this. Uh, yeah. We were going to run Wolski. We ran into some technical difficulties, so you'll have to deal with it. But I hey, can't process half the audio, people. I can't. Yeah. I don't it's know where good. it went. It's gone. We tried Fuck to do the anchor. in-person video or interviews, and oh, we took it too fast. We weren't ready for that. We, we weren't ready. No, I blame, okay. I blame Anchor. Fuck you, Anchor. I hope if you're listening to this, you hear this and you – get your your shit together i was so mad like like it's like it cut out halfway through it didn't process the second half yeah so which is funny that we're chirping anchor because we're on zoom now (laughs) yeah so we're now we're doing these on zoom i'm not even touching anchor actually i am but we're telling people we're not touching anchor but yeah Yeah, there's my rant just quick little yeah guys listen to the skipper good like and it's not getting as 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 much love as it should so it won't won't get much better than that share and start sharing these things yeah share them up like we're doing our best here for you guys and you're support local support local we gotta open up a shop on main street in grand prairie people finally start sharing our stuff we'll do live podcasts oh yeah we can interview we interview all the homeless people on the street yeah, well, we might get canceled. That, that maybe you should start a whole new podcast for that one. <laughs> Don't want to get canceled. Okay, um, last trophy. Then we're we're off that. Oh yeah, trophy still. Art nominee. Oh wait, sorry, they're not released till tomorrow. But I'm gonna assume it's. We could. Do you want to just do it and not even name nominees? Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, okay, all right. Three, two, one. Oh, we differ. Ooh. <laughs> I have dry side off. He's going to take both? Ted Lindsay and? Man, I, uh, within the last year, I've come to think that having both of those awards is the stupidest thing you could I possibly agree. have. I actually I think understand. the Hart Trophy should just be the Ted Lindsay. Like, it should be voted yes. on by the players. I think if I was an NHL player, I'd be more happy about winning the Ted Lindsay. I agree. But I, but I think notoriously the heart is what is like. The yeah, it's the big deal. trophy. Yeah, yeah. 
And so I don't know. I just feel like that the yeah. See, I guess yeah. It, it might end up being Panarin. I just say that's the best, should be the best player, and like, and he was the best player in my mind. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and I mean, he was very valuable to his team. You know, like McDavid didn't have a full full summer to train coming off his injury. Um, he did go down for a few games during that during a stretch there. He kind of did what Evgeny Malkin does. He kind of put the team on his back when Crosby goes down, and he and he carried them for a little bit there. So I don't know. I think he has he has a proof to show that like he doesn't just, he doesn't need McDavid to be who he is. Yeah, I'm taking Panarin solely because of the fact that it isn't voted on by the players. I actually, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm, McKinnon could get a good crack, too, based on the fact that it's not voted on by the players. But regardless, I'll stick with Panarin. I love that guy. The Rangers are also kind of like the hot new. I got to admit, though, I got a little bit of bias. The guy took my uh, fantasy league team to the top. So Yeah, he, That's he it did for do the awards. well for you. So, Livy, let's let us let us talk about uh, some football. Yeah, I guess uh, there's a couple guys that just got paid. I don't even honestly have the – I got the – they were four years and five years respectively, but uh, Derrick Henry finally signed with the Tennessee Titans, avoiding uh, signing that franchise tag, which would make him an unrestricted free agent. Uh, four years, which is what he got, which is awesome. I think if he hit free agency, I would have been – I mean, I guess I'm a Saints fan. We got Kamara. We don't need a running back. But, Frick, I loved watching that guy talk through people. He's and like crazy good running back. Oh, it's unbelievable. I love it. He's so fun to watch. And, like, that stretch of games that he had where it was, like, 200-yard running, 250-yard running, two or three touchdowns every game. Like, he legit, as a running back, He's playing, like, Saquon Barkley in, in college when he's in Penn Exactly. State. And, like, he literally carried that Tennessee team. Because, I mean, I mean they had Marcus Mariota, Mariota and then – uh, Ryan Tannehill closed out the year. He took the starting job, but like it's not like Tannehill carried that team. Like he didn't. He was just better than a shitty Mariota. Um, and who's in, who's Garrett, in Vegas now? Isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is a backup in Vegas now. Um, to Derek Carr. Um, anyway, but then and then Miles Garrett, he signed a contract in Cleveland. The guy got paid. If you look at the deal, so it's like a five-year, one hundred and ten million or something like that. It's like one hundred and fifty. Over five years. If you if you multiply that guy's contract by two, he is still two hundred million dollars away from Patrick Mahomes. Like, and Miles Garrett is considered to be probably a top ten. He's so dynamic. I watch a yeah. lot of Browns games. I love watching Miles Garrett play. But here's a fun fact: he's a piece of shit, though. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say. Okay, so he <laughs> he uh he got one hundred and fifty million dollars. Here's what you can buy with one hundred and fifty million dollars. One million anger management sessions. $150 per session. Uh, 750,000 punching bags. Or nice. a lifetime membership at a boxing gym to unleash all his anger. And yeah, he, he, if he really wanted, he could hit Mason Rudolph 2,739 more times before he runs out of money. Because he was fined $45,000. But that's what it equals. That was I saw, like, something similar to that. Apparently, Jeff Bezos had a nice little day, and he, I think he made, I think, $17 billion just just today. Um, and I saw a stab with all the money that he has, he could buy the New York Yankees, the New York Knicks, the New York Mets, and still have $2 billion left over. That's insane. 
and it's like three of like the most highly valued franchises in sports, like prime yeah. real estate in New York. Also, quick, Derrick Henry's was fifty million, and I wrote down some cool stuff you could buy with that much. You could buy ten million sixty thousand three hundred sixty-two Hagen Dazs vanilla vanilla almond ice cream bars, which I would absolutely do. One hundred and seventy foot yacht, which is amazing. I, when I looked that up, I was like, dude, fifty million dollars for a hundred and seventy foot yacht. He can't I mean, really afford Derek a yacht. Should, Derek should probably look into that one though, because you could probably find a cheaper yacht. Oh yeah, you could. That's a big yacht, man. One hundred seventy feet is old. Isn't that like? Isn't that a football field? The football is one hundred yards. Oh yeah, yards. Yeah, Three yards is pretty close. Isn't it what? It's what three foot, three yeah, feet, one yard. Yards. I guess so. Half a football field. That's a pretty big yacht. Damn big yacht. Anyway, all right. The Eskimos are changing their name. Yeah, I, I kind of saw that coming. Um, I have no right, to, I guess, to say like whether I think they should or not. Like, it does. It's not going to affect me personally. I think they should just do it. Like, just do, let's let's get rid of the bat. Let's move on from it. Like you can f- you can figure out so many different names that doesn't cause controversy, and I think yeah I think it's just like I don't know it's only a matter of time I guess you might as well do it now. Yeah, I I came up with a couple myself. If they wanted to use them, I'm gonna bounce these off you. The Edmonton Constructions. Yeah, fuck. It happens. That's, uh... It's 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 native to the town of Edmonton. It's always in the way. Plays great defense, holds you back, right? Yep, hundred percent. So, I like that one. Um, that one's a, it's a really good one. I know I go through a lot of construction. We could also call it um, the Edmonton uh, Cowboy Rollerbladers. Um, oh, that guy is the guy cool. who goes down White Ave with his shirt off, rollerblading, playing acoustic guitar. We could do an homage to him. Yeah, he is a staple. And the um, logo would be cool. Here's another one. The this is I think this is very clever. The Edmonton Winters. And think about this. It's a play on words, just like the Vegas Golden Knights. Edmonton Win. You know what I mean with that? You gave me a weird look. Edmonton Vegas Golden Knight. It's like you're a golden knight in Vegas, like a crazy knight in Vegas. Got it. All right. Glad you got it, big guy. Got it. Uh, I just needed a second there. The Edmonton Winters. That makes a lot of sense because Edmonton winters are crappy. They're cold. You don't want to deal with them. They, you, you know, you hate them. You hate Edmonton yeah. winters. I feel like they'll probably have to do something where you don't have to change the color of the the jerseys. Like I, yeah, I feel you, like, you think they'll keep that double E? I don't know if they'll necessarily keep the double E, but I think they're going to keep the green and yellow. It looks, yeah, it fair. looks sick. I've always been a huge fan of the green and yellow. All right, all right. Uh, Rogers plays flooded. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm taking a futures bet on Philly because um, the Western Conference is going to get canceled considering Rogers' place is underwater. Um, everything yeah, the whole canceled. thing the whole thing is underwater. It's crazy. Everything these days gets canceled. Like, <laughs> yeah, including Rogers' place. Life got yeah, no, canceled did, for four months. That video, I don't know who, first of all, that, yeah, who Paul, put that all video the, on that Reddit. Video. 
Yeah, you need to. I don't know if you got yourself a flip phone, like a Motorola oh Razor, but that was the worst quality video I've seen in and years. And people are sharing it around, and it's like there's no sound. There's no sound on it. Else, go take a video. It was just. It was just. It was. It was a lack of effort from the person trying I agree. to you know, get a good story. Who was it? Paul Almeida. That guy. He's on Twitter. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah Paul. Better Paul. Come on. Yeah, get rid of your old BlackBerry or whatever flip, or uh, cho- the, one of those chocolate flips or the Motorola Crazer. <laughs> those things are sick. My grandpa had one of those razors. <laughs> I can't chirp the BlackBerry though because Peyton's mom still uses it. And I remember when I was a kid, I always wanted a BlackBerry. BBM was this shit back when I was uh, when I was a kid. Not that I ever I had, had a it. BlackBerry too. Yeah, whatever. Um, unfit to play is that? Are we talking NHL guys? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I hate it. Well, yeah, it is a bit. It's starting to get a bit much now. Now, I at first I thought when it was unfit to play, it meant like COVID symptoms, been around someone with COVID, something to do with COVID. But you could literally have just taken a shot to the ankle and have a bruised ankle. You can't skate for practice, and you are unfit to play. Like, yeah, no one even knows what the hell is going on. I know. And here's like Sid left mid practice, and everyone's worried. He's got COVID. He tested positive mid-practice and here's exactly what happened i talked to sid they're gonna leave right away to toronto and sid's got a lot of stuff to do he's got a lot of he, he said he's got a lot of grandmas to help cross the street he's got a ton of babies to kiss and he's yep. got a lot of books to read to underprivileged children he can't be yeah practicing. you know sid sid's obviously a good friend of the show right so i mean like he's got he's got stuff to do um i don't want to hold this one against sid yeah, no, I, I won't either. It's okay, Sid. Um, the Jays aren't playing in Toronto. I think that's lit. I don't think they should be playing in Toronto. Um, I think what the MLB is doing is, just, like, stupid. The fact that they're not doing the bubble – I mean, I get they're, why they're not doing the bubble thing because they're going to be playing for a lot longer. But I don't want uh, those Blue Jays coming in and out of Florida once a week and coming back and not having to isolate and just do their own thing. Like, nah. Yeah, I think the biggest reason was that they're coming and going, but crossing the border every week. Like they literally, they would play in Toronto every now and then. Like, like they're the only people in Canada. Same thing with the Raptors. Like, like, yeah, yeah, the Buffalo Blue Jays. Or the I saw they might play in Pittsburgh, which I think would be weird of two teams in the same stadium. Right. Or like the the Dundon the Dundon Blue Jays. They they want to go play Florida. Everybody wants to go to Florida to do stuff. And get COVID. Why do people want it? Yeah, why? Like, Florida would be just the worst right now. Yeah, I wouldn't go to Florida. All right, last thing. JR, Jeremy Roenick. <laughs> this, is, this is interesting. Uh, he's suing NBC for wrongful termination because he made some not so appropriate comments about a threesome with his wife and Catherine Tapp. <laughs> but uh, the funniest the thing about it is he cites. Anti-straight discrimination. Now, what kind of white white asshole you got to be to do that? <laughs> I was just like, he 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 says Johnny Weir, who comments on figure skating, that he made some steamy comments about a male figure skater a while back, and he is a gay uh, male, and so he said that well, he never got fired, and he, and so he says that. They're anti-straight at NBC. But the funniest thing is it's like 
Well, I don't think Johnny Weir made a comment about banging that figure skater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like probably not, Jeremy. Oh my no, god! No, I, I, I just like I don't know. Like I feel like this. First of all, one, like I can't believe the Spit and Shakers have never said anything about it because they had that. Like that was like he was on the podcast when that happened, and kind of like shit when he hit the fan. But like this guy is kind of like. He's so tone deaf to what's going around him. He's obviously, he's obviously all about himself, and like he can't believe he got fired for making pretty spotty comments. Like you know, you work and you know you work for a major company like you do. Like it's it'd be one thing if it was your your wife who it was an open marriage with your wife, and like this <laughs> other person wasn't a personality on NBC. Then it probably wouldn't have been maybe as big of a comment, but like, man, you gotta like read the room a little bit. <laughs> no, you're. I like. I like the one I saw a tweet, and it was uh, Jeremy Roenick says he's a discrimination victim today. But did you know that back in the '90s he was also a murder victim? And then it was a picture of Patrick <laughs> Wall, and it says, "I can't really hear what Jeremy says because I have my two Stanley Cup rings plugged into my ears." Oh, burn. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, people hated Jeremy in the 90s. They probably hate him, and they still hate him today. Yeah, what a guy. I will say I did. Li- I like listening to his takes, but I don't really care if he's not going to I, th- I thought, too. I thought I liked listening to him, too, but, yeah, he's, uh, I can't uh, support the guy. That's all good. Well, that's all we got today, folks. Uh, it was a quicker episode because we had Brian Munns hop in there and give us some info on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh well, next time we talk to you, the players will be heading into the bubble. Oh, that's not true. Two, next time we got an episode, not an interview, the players will be heading into the bubble. So, yeah, hockey is going to be back soon enough. Can't wait for it. Uh, yeah, but we love you guys. Thanks for listening, as always. And maybe we'll fire a skit or two in next week. We'll see. If your guys are good, only if you're good. Yeah, we appreciate you guys again as always. Thanks for listening. Um, and yeah, again, hope you hope you enjoyed that interview with Brian. He was fun to talk to. Uh, yeah, he was really hopefully, good. Hopefully, we can get him back on again. So, and listen to the Curtis Skip interview if you guys haven't already. It was, listen to the it, Curtis Skip interview. It was good. Skipper's and read Skipper that book. is good shit. Yeah, read the book. We shared it on our Instagram. More you have to go game. check out our Instagram to to find out what book we're talking about. Yeah, you actually have to interview. follow to figure it out. Yeah, maybe we'll do some sort of contest here soon. Yeah, we should fire up a contest. Hey, Tags, also, if you're listening, get on here. We're trying to schedule an interview. I'm publicly calling you out because you haven't responded to me. You heard it here first. That's a public call out to YNA. All right. Love you guys. Love you guys. See ya. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing, you're getting a couple laughs in, make sure you like, share, subscribe, rate us five stars, tell your friends, uh, share our posts on social media. Your guys' support goes a long way and we can't thank you enough. We hope we can continue to make you laugh uh, and have some fun here with this podcast because we love doing it for you guys. So thanks and uh, have a great week. We'll see you on Friday. Oh my God, who the hell cares?